The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the second uh, episode of Red Side of the Trent. I'm your host, Christian Brown. I actually mentioned my name this time. And I'm joined once again by Reese Lane, Lee Clark and Adam Wicklow. How are we all doing, guys? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, good. good. Glad to hear it. Um, obviously, uh, since we last spoke, it's been a pretty dismal week from a Forest perspective. Obviously, so we started off on Wednesday with uh, our third 2-1 defeat in succession to start the Blackburn Rovers. And then yesterday we lost 1-0 to Stoke without registering a single shot on target, which leaves the Reds bottom of the table after four games and for the second season running, having lost their first four games of the season. Not exactly the start we wanted, guys, is it? No, not really. Um, It's uh, deja vu, isn't it, from last season? And we all know what happened uh, when we lost four on the spin last season. Um. We do have the extra game, I suppose, this time before the international break, don't we? So, um, whether whether Chris Hewitt is going to suffer a similar fate to Sabri remains to be seen. I don't think it's as much of a surprise, though, really, uh, for this season. Whereas under Sabri, we've just come seventh. Um, I know it was a bit of a heartbreak because of what happened against uh, Stoke. <laughs> um, but... I think in the manner of what we've done it this time, where we've actually had a pre-season, there wasn't the whole COVID thing and a rush of like two, three weeks of pre-season. Um, Hewton's had time to get the team organised and stuff. And I think it's it makes a bit of a sad reading when last season we was probably, what, fifth, sixth best defence in the league. I know we finished so low, but you would have thought something would have improved um, in these first four games. At least I, I think the only like token I can take out of it is we've not been pumped yeah. yeah, it's always one one goal margins, isn't it? Two one, yeah. two one, two one, and one nil. Yeah. But um, no, yesterday was particularly dreadful. I mean, um, yeah, I don't really want to say. I mean, how, like, again, at, like, when, for, obviously, you can't expect your team to win every single game. We all know that. Um, but you do expect your team to at least put, you know, have, I hate saying the words, phrase have a go, which reminds me of Jamie Redknapp. He's the worst pundit on TV. But it just at least shows some enthusiasm, shows some like desire to at least try and score a goal. Like not, not to have a single shot on target. It's embarrassing, really. I mean, we, we come out second half, didn't we? And for probably five minutes, pressed Stoke High. Mm. And I, was, I watched the game at home. And I was like, oh, this is better. And then they, they kind of thought, we're not having this from these. And the crowd got behind them. And there was probably a 10, 15 minute period where they absolutely battered us. Yeah, and you, you know, I literally tweeted it. <clears throat> literally tweeted the goal was coming. 
was obvious it was coming and you know and in the end it, it came and obviously after that we didn't really lay a glove on them did we to be honest no I think even when Johnson came, oh, there's that sort of half chance when Johnson sort of pulled mm. it back and it sort of was it a corner was it a shot yeah a shot. but other than that it was pretty dire I mean um, I think the main concern for me is that you know, obviously, last season this was sort of not exactly acceptable, but tolerable because we knew that Hewitt walked into a team that had fourteen new changes, uh, signings. Even it was like the core of what had taken that team to seventh had basically been ripped apart and replaced pretty much overnight. And obviously, we lost Matty Cash. So you know, you sort of allowed that sort of okay, that sort of transition period. We've actually got worse. Like I mean, that's the concern for me. We've actually got worse. We're not we're not playing good football. Like we're not playing any. There's no movement. There's no forward play. There's no anything. And you know. Surely, uh, you have to sort of wonder, like, even with Ghana coming in, and maybe we'll touch on that in a bit as well, is it actually going to change? I mean, obviously, bringing Ghana in, you'd hope he is the one who can transition the ball from defence to attack because that's been going on for, you know, a long time now. We've really struggled to get the ball from defence to attack. You know, you, you see Stokes goal, they've literally played three passes, maybe. Mm. And it's gone from defence to the edge of our box. Far, far too easy. You know, with us, it's like we're, we're sideways, we're backwards, we're sideways again. And then when somebody does look to make a forward pass, it's either rushed or it's as if, like, we kind of don't know what to do. You know, obviously, that will be down to confidence, I guess. Um when was when you're struggling and that, but um, it's been it was it was dismal again yesterday. It really was same same as Wednesday. It was it was dire. Yeah, I think what um, another thing I noticed that we keep putting these and I actually have a tremendous amount of sympathy for Lyle Taylor because he literally ran himself into the ground. Like you you want the um like in terms of phrases, I don't think he left as a single ounce of energy. He didn't leave on that pitch and for absolutely nothing because. We were just smacking it up to him, you know, against a six foot six centre back in Harry Sutar. You know, even the balls down the channels that he was just running off and chasing, he had no real chance. It was obviously they played three at the back. So you think, okay, put the ball down the flank, run onto it. He just wasn't getting any joy whatsoever. And it's something that seriously needs to be addressed. And obviously, hopefully, Ghana can do that. And it's great that we have him back. Obviously, Lee, I know you're a huge fan of, uh, of Ghana with good reason. But again, it's, are we putting too much pressure on someone who's a 20 year old kid, essentially? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we are, but I think when you you come through the ranks at a club like Man United, you're gonna you're gonna be familiar with pressure. Um, I think even at a young age, that, that it's drilled into them that they, they you know they're, they're proud to be part of of that sort of uh, that sort of club. So I, I think he'll thrive on that. He seems like that sort of boy, to be fair. Mm. Um, I think just touching on what you've just said there, I think the worrying thing for me is we're not even testing goalkeepers anymore. Um, yeah. we've kind of gone from being a side that are a bit down on our luck where we have sort of five or six really good chances but the keeper's just pulling off save after save and on Wednesday night we made the point while we were watching the game that you always thought we'd only score if it was sort of a long range speculative effort and then lo and behold Zinconago just picks it up plays a little pass picks it up again and thinks oh sod it I'll hit it and it flies in and, mm. but you just never really thought that even after we scored, there was, the football just gives you no confidence that you're even going to carve out any chances. Um, and I think for me, that that is a little bit of a worry. And I think it's probably going to take a few more um, 
signings of Garner's ilk to kind of get us playing uh, that way. Whether whether Chris Hewitt's going to be the man to, to get us playing and carving out chances again, again, I'm not I'm not entirely um, convinced as as a lot aren't at the minute. So um, yeah, it's a good signing, it's a good start, but um, I think more of the same required to be honest. Definitely, yeah, I think as well. Um, you mentioned Zinkenagel there. Is that that? Uh, it was a great goal against Blackburn. There's no dispute in that. It's always, I, I don't know, it, it technically counts as a shot off target because it hits the post, but it's always a very satisfying like feeling when it comes inside the post and goes in. It's like, I don't know what it is, it's just one of those things about football, I suppose. But um, obviously, I think we only had a sort of stat one shot or one shot in the box in 180 minutes of football. And we've, <laughs> we've only created literally one chance, haven't we, in four games? A guilt has a chance, which was for Taylor. Yeah, at Coventry and he bagged it. I can't mm. think of another chance we've created for Taylor and obviously Graben played Wednesday night where you think, oh, I should have scored that. We, we just, like obviously think... Lee just said with Zink and Arkle, it was literally Wednesday night, a bit of magic, hoping for someone to come up with a bit of magic to get us out, get us out of the shit, to be honest. Mm. On it's the topic funny. of um, Zink and Nagel, sorry Adam, um, on the topic of Zink and Nagel, what's your thoughts on him so far what, from what you've seen? I've liked what I've seen from Zinconago. Um, I think he offers quite a lot. He's pacey, he's direct. He wants to get on the ball. He wants to get people involved. Um, from what I've heard, he he tries to encourage players on the pitch, which is which is a nice thing to see. I think he just needs people around him, like like most of our forward line. We need people to play forward passes into him. And what my point was, uh, literally just going to be a minute ago, was the the goal we scored against Coventry come from playing the ball through the lines. Mbe so take, brings it out and and knocks it into Johnson's feet for him to run onto and he runs on crosses the ball. Now Colback and Yates for all their good good things that they might do defensively, although I'm starting to question that to be honest, and that's what they're meant to be bloody doing. They don't pass that the ball through the through the forward lines. That's what James Garner's definitely going to bring bring to it because we've seen it last season. Um, he he's got the ability passing ability whether it's short long. Well, what to find our key players, and he, and he can knock a ball and he can score a goal as well from midfield, as we saw, which is a bit unusual for us, really. Like, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know the last really like midfielding goal scorer we had, maybe maybe Lansbury at one point, McGugan, maybe, yeah, you're going back yeah, quite, yeah, Raddy as well. Yeah, mm. we, we, we've really lacked that, we've lacked that for a long, long time. Um, and it's it, it's it's good that we've we've brought him back, but it's it's into a bit of a shit show, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's it's, it's um pretty sad state of affairs. I mean, there was one. Uh, obviously, you always try and find a silver lining. Obviously, you sort of have to as a Forest fan, otherwise you literally go insane. Um, one of the silver linings from the uh, Stoke game was Finn back a right back, who you know for someone I think you think it's worth mentioning this as well. Someone who's 18 years old who's been thrown into a deep end of a cauldron, really, and he's still come up swimming to the surface putting a good effort account for himself I think you know that's that's another and we have to again give credit to Gary Brazil for producing this sort of player for the club I mean there's been some shouts under this week for Gary Brazil to be the next manager and you know why would you do that when he's literally one of the only shining lights at the club his work has probably propped the club up to be honest mm. because of the at the recruitment side from our perspective has been mostly disastrous. You've seen that with Arthur and Jenkinson, not even got a squad number like we touched on last week. 
you know, we, we see we, we see in art, uh, was it 38 grand a week, apparently, is on. Two million pounds a year. Which is utterly ridiculous, it I mean, really that, is. Wow, that sickens me. Like, again, like I said last week, someone who can't strike a ball properly wakes up on a Monday morning to £38,000 <laughs> in bank account. I mean, how, how is that fair? He stuck a ball nicely against us into the top corner. I know yeah, that. So. Yeah, after handballing it as well. <laughs> that's why we gave him this, um, this bumper deal for it. To make his life, so yeah. Oh, um, going good. obviously back to back, um, I, I feel sorry for him because you, you know, he's still a young kid. Um, obviously not got much experience um, playing professional football really, and he obviously he's done the commendable job. You know, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to blame him for the goal. It's just no, a shame can't. because of the, the the move he kind of got pulled out of his position, didn't he? And they switched it quickly to the left side and obviously the goals come down that side um, which is a, which is a shame but it, it was far too easy in the build up to get to that stage anyway yeah it was, it was dire. I think again um, he touched on it it was pretty much three passes they just went straight through lines it was like wow like, fair enough you can say you can commend them for like their passing ability and like finding feet and obviously stretching the defence over but equally we made it so easy for them and really you have to sort of say now I mean again we, we spoke about it last week Um Obviously, my view, my personal view, is has definitely changed on whether Houston should still be Forest manager or not. Um, I guess for you, it's pretty much cemented now that you know, this can't go on. It's quite funny that a lot can happen in a week, isn't it, Christian? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, think, I, I think I think for me, the uh, the writing's on the wall. I think um, it's just the stubbornness for me. It's the fact that. And it's 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 not just us that are suffering. If you look at Bristol, Bristol City have got Nigel Pearson, who is probably he achieved his success probably at a similar time as what Chris Shooten did in the Championship. He's been at Bristol City since February, and they've not won at home yet. Um, there are a few parallels so, there, aren't there, between us two? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think um, I think it's just uh, these managers who have won promotion before. They, they're clearly. I mean, you can't really knock them for it. They're going to stick to what they know works. But I don't understand how such an experienced manager can have 25,000 people booing your every substitution, uh, singing attack, 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 um, all this sort of stuff, and and just be so stubborn as to not... I mean, surely you can see that... It, I'm just touching on the Blackburn game for, as an example. If he did just whipped one of Yates or Cole back off, say, when we were 1-0 down, I think he'd have actually got a lot of respect from the supporters, but he just mm. didn't. And he left it and left it and left it, and you could just see... Both Yates, well, Colback was a walking red card at one point. Yeah, um, that lunch, my God. And you could just see Yates, so his confidence was gone. He was like a, a rabbit in the headlights. He was, I think there was like a five minute spell before half time where he, he, he attempted three 10 yard passes and two of them went out straight out for a throw in. And you could just see on his face, like, you've worn the armband this season. You, you, you mm. look like you don't want to be here. It's like, at least, at least do a Colback and just go flying through someone, show us your care. And then just after our time, I think Scott McKenna like kind of um, put a tackle in, and I, I thought, yeah, that that's how you show that you, you give a shit that we're getting beat every week. You're not mm. not by kind of sulking almost, and you know strutting around and giving the ball away, and then oh, but it's okay because you win it back straight after. And then we see stats. Oh, he's got 13 interceptions, and he gave that really bizarre interview again. It sounds like I'm picking on Ryan Yates, but again, I just don't understand the fascination, um, and I just. This is the problem. We we kind of we're very guilty sometimes of being misty-eyed over bang average footballers, sadly. Um, and I think 
going back to the Ghana situation, we probably do need another central midfielder to play alongside him. Well, I guess that sort of ties in nicely with, you know, we'll sort of, um, obviously Abdu Haroy, I'm going to guess that's how you pronounce his name. Mm. I'll go with Haroy. Um, <laughs> if it's wrong, I'll, I'll correct it next week, obviously. But obviously it looks like he might be joining from Sparta Rostam now on a five-year deal. Um, and, you know, if you look at his, I, I've never seen a bloke play. I can't profess to be a, a connoisseur of the Eredivisie. But um, this is, uh, if you look at his record, I think he got like six goals and two assists last year. And the year before that was four goals and eight assists. So, on paper, it looks like we've got someone in midfield who can maybe do just a bit more, like like you were touching on Adam. Someone can maybe get a few goals from midfield, and hopefully, you know, actually give these players a kick up the arse and say, look, this isn't acceptable. I think I think the, the biggest thing in Forest, and I think even it comes down from the manager, is we've not really got any real leaders. I mean, you're giving someone like Ryan Yates the captaincy. I've, I've seen him point a few times. Um, I mean, that's that's brilliant. Wow, great. Uh, I mean, Graben, I don't think I've heard him speak in my life. Um, I still can't believe Joe Worrell never got given club captaincy. I know he, he might be on his way out to Southampton, and I think it's well-deserved. I think he's had two, three really good seasons since he's come back from Rangers. I think he it, that did him such a world of God, honestly. I've never seen a transformation like it, other than obviously Cash moving to right-back. But Scott McKenna is someone I would definitely... Give the armband to. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, it's just that it, we, we need to start breeding a winning mentality into the squad. I think it starts with the manager. Uh, for me, he doesn't fill me with confidence at the moment. Um, I think I don't know how Colin Frey actually can hold his like tongue almost. I think if I was a journalist, sort of thing, I'd be asking him if he actually does if he likes football to Hutton because he obviously doesn't. He's trying his really best to ruin it. It's meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be fun. Like you get into football to score goals and do great things and whatnot. And he's just not doing that. It's it's horrible to watch. I mean you guys are season ticket holders. I do I, I'm not even one and, and I find it hard to even listen to never mind watch. So it's not good on me. I do actually think we're. Uh, I think Colin Frey is really good at what he does commentating, but I think we're actually missing Robin Chipperfield a little bit this year on Radio Nottingham. So I think he would have. He was pretty good at holding. He was kind of pretty good at asking the questions as though he was a fan. Mm. Uh, so he'd kind of get a. a yeah, feel. he was very good. Yeah, he'd get a feel for what was going on in the ground, um, and then kind of you know pose a question based on something. I think, for example, on Wednesday he might have asked him why he went like for like when he took he took Mighton off and put. Carvalho over to the left. Yeah, but he basically changed the shape. Yeah, that's right. That was um, that was when the kind of toxicness started. Wanted that change. Yeah, it was the same at Stoke. And um, mm. something I was going to ask you about Reese was because you know a, a system that clearly wasn't working for seventy-five minutes of the game, and then he takes off Taylor and Carvalho for mm. Johnson and Graben in the exact same shape. Like, what are you trying to achieve with that? Uh, going back to the other night. I, I kind of there was a stage where I just literally wanted to get out of the ground because it was it was a horrible atmosphere. It it really it really was. And the Sabri just were quite, yeah. It, it just it was just a horrible atmosphere, and it, it really did turn. Um, obviously the goal gave some light relief, but the second goal from Blackburn, which just really does sum up the season, it was just Sunday league, mm. trying to get the ball out of his box. Um, obviously yesterday. I obviously I'm a massive fan of um, Jao. I don't think it was his type of game yesterday. Uh, same with Cafu. It's as stupid as it may sound. I think Colback would have probably been ideal yesterday for someone who's probably going to get stuck in. 
You know, it was a, obviously a wet pitch. You know, we know, we all know what Stoke are like. The physical, you'll get in your faces. And like I said earlier, we um, obviously had that five minutes, that five minutes press. They were like, we're not having this. The crowd got behind them and they put us to the sword very easily as well. It, um, and obviously the, the, the subs, you know, Johnson did quite well when he came on because he made the chance to grab them. Um, but obviously what bobbled wide, but yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you're 1-0 down, you've got a strike on the bench, chuck them both on. You know, let, let's, have a, let's, let's have a go. And if we get beat 2-0, you know, most fans will turn around and say, we've had a go and been caught on the break, for example. Not, oh, well, we've lost 1-0, so we can't concede again, but we've not really, we've not really given all what we can. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like losing, losing, isn't there? It's like there's losing yeah. like, with a fight and it's losing just without with a whimper. It's, uh... if, if, you get done on the, if you get done on the break, sorry, Adam, if you get done on the break, when you're pushing at the end of the game and you lose 2-0, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up to that and say, look, we've pushed forward going back this is years ago now the Swansea game in the playoffs where Pratt has done yeah. this from the halfway line it's just it's just how it is sometimes but yeah. at least we've had a go you know what I mean yeah I think just before we move on like the goal I saw against um, Stoke uh, on the highlights and I want you to ask I obviously want you to answer me this uh, for the Blackburn game as well but the gap between the two holding and then the front oh four God, yeah. is gaping. It is like, I don't know. Been like that for ages, though. Let's yeah, be but like, this, this is the biggest problem. If you're going to press, you've got to press as a team. And I mean, I'm not a professional, I'm not the fittest person to do it, but you've just got to get it there. You've got to like get in, get in right up their arses. Don't let them any time and space. If you're going to press, that's how you've got to do it. You look at the best teams in the world that do it, like Liverpool, Barcelona, um, Man City do it. They just crowd you out, sort of thing, because the whole team is going. You've got to all be on the same wavelength, and we're just not doing that. That's why the goal happens, because because like there's like the biggest gap I've ever. Seen. It's like bloody Grand Canyon in there. But I'm hoping that. Why there's a the, trend? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> with the with the arrival of Garner and uh, Harawa. I don't. I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm hoping you're hoping then that that gap suddenly gets up. Then like the defense get up to the halfway line, and suddenly you. You're 10 yards, 15 yards further up the pitch and the other team are like, fucking hell, these aren't giving us no yard of space. And you, you, it's a totally different ball game. You swing momentum, that's how you do it, I think. And I mean, I'm just a fan and I fucking can see it. So everyone else surely can. I mean, I'm sorry for swearing. This is, I'm just ranting. This, 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 this is a place to rant. This has been the swearing episode. This is an advisory sticker that comes on with this. What is, yeah. what is Hewton doing in training? And what is he doing in the football, in the analysis? I'm sure the analysis are going, look, mate, look at this. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> Bloody forest, forest analytics on Twitter must be pulling his hair out. Oh my, poor Chris. Yeah, um, I guess. But one of the things that you did, uh, I'd mentioned quite rightly, those gaps between. Well, one of the things that comes down to as well with pressing is, and this is part. If you look at the Stoke goal, Yates. I don't want to single him out. Oh, obviously, we're going to talk about him, but you know, I don't want to single him out in particular because I was very scathing of his performance against Blackburn, which I generally think is as bad as we've seen since the League One days, on a personal individual level. And, you know, unless you're like, oh, no, we'll come on to that in a second. Um, but he's pressing. He, it was non-existent. They literally just play straight through him. And he's chasing shadows. You can see him. Okay, he gets out. He tries to get that last ditch slide on Timeman. Um, but it's like, it shouldn't be prevented to begin with. And I just think, though, 
we've got obviously Garner coming in and maybe this new guy as well. I don't, again, until I think he's going to be a new guy until... Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll just call him Abdu. <laughs> yeah. Give me Abdu. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I get, like you said, uh, touched on earlier, um, Lee, his interceptions, his tackling is obviously very good. But with the amount of mistakes he's making, is it even worth keeping him in the team at the minute? Because, I mean, at the minute, you look, okay, fair enough, Hewton's made five changes. Why wasn't Yates one of them? He was the worst player on the pitch against Blackburn. Yeah, I think it's bizarre. I'm starting to pull my hair out a little bit with it. I've not got much left as it is, but um, I think the Ryan Yates conundrum is is bizarre. Um, again, I don't want it to sound like a... Players are there to be critiqued at the end of the day. Supporters will always critique players, and I don't think there's anything... Personal abuse and things like that on social media is vile, and it shouldn't happen. And at the end of the day, he's a footballer. Um, mm. He's in the spotlight, but if you're critiquing his performance, I don't understand why people have got such a problem with, you know, constructive criticism. Like you say, his performance on Wednesday night was nothing short of woeful. It, it was it was worse than anything I think we saw in League One days. Um, Sammy Klingon used to get pelters in League One for being a <laughs> professional crab because he always went sideways and he always went backwards. His little spin and, as well, his little pirouette there to go. Yeah, and for me... It was it was it was way worse than anything we ever saw from Sammy Klingon. It was well because it's like some sort of fascination because he's come from the academy, and I'm, I'm getting a bit sick and tired of hearing this. He's a young lad; he's only going to get better. While you were setting up this little piece, Christian, I've just gone and had a look. Ryan Yates has now played 86 games for Forest. Mm. He played 29 at Notts County in League Two when they were doing quite well. Yeah, they were played, Notts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. it was League Two. And he played 18 at Scunthorpe in League Two as well. So Ryan Yates, 86 games for our football club he's played now. And we're still getting the whole, he's a young lad, he's going to come good. I'm sorry, that 86 games, How can we count on probably one hand, maybe a couple of fingers, to be honest, how many games he's actually dictated? And, you know, where we finished the game and we thought, bloody hell, he's done really well today. Maybe West Brom away. One in particular against Derby. Yeah, Derby last week, I've recently last mm. week. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think the first game against West Brom when he scored. And I, just, and I actually used yeah. to bang this proverbial drum about Ryan Yates, thinking he's going to be like this goal scoring midfielder and how wrong yeah. I was. But, uh, I mean, when he did something to see, he looked really good. Yeah, like yeah, so you have to think like that Notts team was like pushing for promotion at the time, mm. and then we put him out and put him into another promotion chasing side in Scunthorpe, who mm. also ran the playoffs, and he shone mm. there as well. So really, you think, oh great, we've hit the jackpot. This is someone who's gone to two promotion chasing teams, uh, gone gone up a league, and his his um, what's it performance level hasn't dropped. Then comes to Forest, and then well, <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I feel quite bad because I was looking through some old work I'd done um, on Ryan Yates when he first came through. And I actually wrote an article after his first couple of performances saying that he was going to be the, the heir to Chris Cohen's throne. Um, because nice when he first came in, like you say, he scored those couple of goals against West Brom and he had the good game against Derby. And it's like, hold on a minute, this, this boy might be okay. But like I say, 86 games he's played now and he's playing week in, week out and we're getting worse. I mean, is that a... I just don't see a side challenging promotion with Ryan Yates playing every single week in midfield. No, I'd agree with you. And I think what annoys me is that, as you touched on earlier, in regards to the criticism, and this is something that I noticed the other day, and um, because I find that if Yates has a bad game, then there are people on Twitter, for example, who obviously, again, they're his blue-eyed golden boy, he can't do any wrong. 
rather than actually identify that Yates had a bad game, they'll go for someone else. Mm. Like, so we saw someone, someone had a pop at Cafu. He wasn't even on the, on the fucking pitch. Like, what's he meant to do? <laughs> like, how are you taking a swipe at someone who literally wasn't playing? And like, it's ridiculous. And, like, and it was obviously like, Colbach's another one. Colbach's like, okay, he wasn't great against Blackburn. They agree he was very poor and lucky to avoid a Reds. But, you know, it gets like, oh, yeah, Yates was bad, but Colbat was worse. It's like, it's not a fucking competition. Like, it's say yeah. he's bad. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong in saying that he had a bad game. Well, you get that with Carvalho, don't you? Yeah. It's straight away, yes, they're seeing people out of Edo. And it, it's just Yates and them and Carvalho fall into that bracket of scrutiny to the max straight away. It's probably they're the two, aren't they, really? Yeah, it's only scrutinised massively by the fans. I do, going I back think... to Yates, um, Sorry, Lee. <laughs> um, obviously, he was on the back of tackling. I kind of think he was the only person who noticed this. When Figs made that munge yesterday, he literally jumped over a tackle just before that. And the Stoke player won it, and he jumped over a tackle instead of going in. And then Figs has done that lunge and nearly got himself sent off. Mm. Which is, you know, I'm not blaming Yates for that stupid challenge from Figueredo. We, we know he's got a bit of a temperament. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Like I car. mean, his, I think his win, though, his win percentage as well, yeah, it's when he starts, is it, is it like in the 20%? It's bad, yeah. It's, it's just, and it's not just him, there's others as well. We're not, you know, we can't just pick on him. There's others who are just, for what we need at the minute, we need a leader in the centre of the park. We just haven't got it. Mm. We're going back to really... like Paul McKenna, Ben Watson, that type of player. Anyway, um, let's move on from the, uh, the Yates affair before we get outed on the forest timeline and banned from the ground um we now obviously we've got the small matter of um obviously we have well there's a minor we've got wolves in midweek but that's a bit of a free hit no one really seems to care about that at all but the uh, more pertinent issue is that next saturday is the east midlands derby away at derby county and um we have we actually got a special guest we have jason straw from the rams review podcast so thank you for joining us jason hope you're doing keeping well um how are you feeling about the game on next saturday it's a bit difficult to say really i mean under under normal circumstances you'd be you know, it's the whole week of, as a build-up would, you know, certainly with it being at Pride Park, even though we've not won for a few years at home, normally that's the place where we normally would feel most confident. And then, obviously, with everything going on at Derby at the minute, we, we're going into every single game, just just not really knowing what's what's happening and what's not. And of course, you know, I don't need uh, you don't need me to tell you that you've not exactly got off to the to the greatest of starts. So yeah, thanks for that, mate. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's either going to be an absolute ball fest, or it's you know it, it could well ignite somebody's somebody's season on Saturday. I mean, I honestly don't know which way round that 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 would be, but it's still a big game. I mean, Derby have certainly got bigger fish to fry as a whole. But course, I mean, yeah. in, in whatever scenario, the, the Derby Forest game is still important. We still, both sides still want to win it, no matter what form we're in. Um, and I mean, to be honest with you, certainly for Derby at the minute, any any small positives that they can take on a on a Saturday or, or a Tuesday or whatever, it's something for the fan base to hang on to. Um, whilst obviously the mass uncertainty is still going on at the club. I suppose there is one thing that I've... Um... I was sort of wondering this actually because obviously I know on paper you had maybe you know obviously with Hull and Peterborough and uh, who was the other team with Derby beat? I can't remember now. Uh, <laughs> we played Huddersfield first. Huddersfield, game. that's it. Yeah, so you've really had you've had three teams that are likely to be in and around that sort of relegation mix from the get go, and um, I was sort of wondering like with everything going on behind the scenes and all the turbulence and you know 
all the obviously we've been through it the EFL as well where we know well we don't know where he stands one minute and then next it's changed again and then so on and so forth but do you think it's sort of um that Rooney's maybe creative or trying to create anyway so like an us v them mentality that's maybe obviously you know it was a good point against Borough on Saturday so do you reckon that's maybe sort of stemming from that I think so I, I think you have to um I mean, I, I don't think I could sit here and be honest and not be honest and say, did I expect Derby to have done as well as they've done in the first four games? No, I didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's only five points, but it's probably five more than five the majority. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the, the majority of Derby fans were expected. And you mentioned those fixtures. I know on our podcast we said any other, not any other year, but a, a normal year, if you can call Derby following Derby County normal. Um, a normal year, you looked at our first five fixtures, and obviously the Derby game is any bit it, it's anybody's. It really is. The Middlesbrough game was obviously always going to be the tougher one, um, mm. but actually Derby had got a pretty decent first five games. Just to, to and in fact, after the international break, I know Birmingham smashed Luton for five yesterday, and that's and we go to St Andrews. That's not going to be any easy shake. But it, it, we we've got Birmingham away the first game back after the international break. It's not until about. I think it's the end of September when we play West Brom away. Mm. It's personally, for me, the first real, real test of the season. But of course, for Derby this year, it's not a normal season. Um, So we're just getting, you know, we're just getting on with it. Yesterday, it was, it weren't the greatest of, weren't the greatest games of football, I have to say. Um, Middlesbrough didn't offer much at all. Um, It was a, it was a very physical, bit, bitty, bitty Bobby game. Nobody, nobody could get going. They, they really couldn't. It was, it was one of those games. But I think at the moment, Derby are just. We've got to take what we can get. We've got to pick up points where we, you know, wherever we can get them, and and just continue to try and add points on the board until maybe the EFL start taking them away. We'll we'll know a bit more about that on after Tuesday. But it, it's. Dobby have just got to keep going at it. And it, it's a strange season, actually. I mean, I'm, like you said, I know I know Forrest have been through it themselves. But going into it with no real expectations of the season at all, it is literally a, you, you will pick up what we can. That was a free hit. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Of course, we don't want to see us get relegated. Obviously not. But it was looking, I mean, it, it's looking less and less likely at the minute. Um, I'm hoping after Tuesday when we sort the accounts out, um, you know, there's actually some good news there. But if there isn't, then you know, Derby, are, no doubt about it, Derby are going to be going to be in trouble this year. Um, very similar to last season, you just can't see where the goals are going to come from. I mean, we scored in our we scored in every game other than uh, so far, other than yesterday. But yesterday was that first time. Again, a, a team, no disrespect meant to anybody we've played, but a, a team with a bit of championship now, so a bit of championship quality. And they snuffed us out. We, we didn't. We didn't have a chance. We, we, See, I think we had one shot. Yeah. So it looks like, and we were sort of touching on this before we started recording the pod as well. Is that you know, Derby have got a very good eleven. It looks like a very competent championship eleven. Okay. There's a few maybe like has beens or nearly has beens. Even like Sam Baldock, for example, someone whose best days are maybe a few years behind him, but can still do a job. Um, but beyond that, that's when you sort of seem to worry because like it just seems that there's very very little depth. Yeah, it's. I mean, so far every game, I think we've got one senior player on the bench, and the rest are made up of of the academy. Mm. Um, you know, with not not a handful of games between them. So, yeah, it, it's always difficult, and it's in games like that where, I mean, it, 
I know it's a cliche in football. If if you score first, obviously, then it's always on your side. But when when you yeah when you well when when you're behind in a game and and or or it's nil nil after sixty five minutes, like yesterday, you could see that the longer that the second half went on, Derby played quite well in the first half without really causing too much trouble. But in the second half, that Neil Warnock magic just it, it, Middlesbrough twisted the game around to, to play the way that they wanted to play. And Derby were no match for it. Derby not the most physical side, tall side or, you know, anything like that. But the problem is the options that you've got off the bench are 17, 18, 19 year olds yeah. who haven't made a start. So there, there is nobody to come off that bench to make a massive impact, um, certainly at championship level. So that's the worry. It's great bringing them on I mean, but it was it was similar last season. In all fairness, we did use a lot of youth. That was more through choice. This season, mm. it's more through necessity at this moment in time. Um, but I mean, I, I know that there's they want to bring more people in. So it, it's all resting at this moment in time on on the embargo. Um, that, as I say, by the looks of it, we'll get an answer on Tuesday. Um, if that's been lifted or not. I mean, if we'll bring anybody in in time for, for Saturday's game, I'd, I'd be surprised by that. But at least then that gives us, what is it, eight, nine days till the end of the window? Of course, yeah. Gives, us that, gives us that little bit of wriggle room to get somebody in. We've got an international break, obviously, after after this game. Um, and the team that comes back mid-September might just look a little bit different, might, might have a little bit more a little bit more about it, certainly in terms of off the bench. But yeah, in terms of an 11, it's... It's not the worst eleven in the world. I no, it's say. not. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, it's everything. We need every player to have a seven out of ten every week, just to make an Im- it, to have an impact on the game. Um, and you know, Derby's biggest Achilles heel last season was scoring goals. There was only Kazim Richards who could put them in from thirty yards, and he did that a couple of times, as you well know. <laughs> and, but that's that's Thanks all we that. had. <laughs> um, uh, but that's all. That is genuinely all we had. And then, like you say, you know, you bring in Sam Bolt, CKR gets injured. He's out for best part of three months now, four months or whatever it'll be. And we bring in Sam Baldock, um, a striker who, as you say, you know, probably didn't set the world alight at his last club. Um, I mean, I know he knows where the net is, but again, he's not, he's not the player that Derby need. Yeah, it was out more out of necessity. He scored on his debut at Hull at midweek. He was in the right place at the right time. That's the type of striker that he has. He, he made some nice runs into the channels. That's great. Yesterday he didn't he didn't have a kick, mm-hmm. and that's that that is the way that it, obviously that's the way that it's going to be. Um, you do worry where goal still. You do worry where goals are coming from for Derby. Defensively, you know, I mean, it couldn't. I don't think you can get an older back line. Um, we, we've we've certainly got some experience in that area. Let, let's put it that way. Um, which will you you would expect that's going to help Derby, um, that's going to earn you a few points in the season ju- just by having that experience in the back line. But in all honesty, it's not really been tested yet, in, in my yeah. opinion. I don't think any game that we've come up against, uh, the, the goal we conceded against Huddersfield, I think, was a set piece. Um, it was a bit of a makeshift back four that we played against um, Huddersfield. Uh, sorry, against uh, Peterborough, the game that we lost. Hull. Mm. Wednesday again, I don't really remember Hull having a chance. And Middlesbrough yesterday, I think, had one header from house and that was it. So it's not really been tested. Um, obviously, Saturday might be that little bit different. But we've got, we've obviously, we've got two centre-halves who haven't got great amounts of pace. Um, but they they know how to defend, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if Lyle Taylor starts for Forrest up front, he comes across as that 
type. Of, I mean, I've not obviously don't watch you all that all that often, but is that is that he comes across as that type of player that's you know can can play physical and that in Jagielka and Curtis Davis that that should be meat and drink all, all day long. Really, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be the balls in behind the back. I'm surprised that Pianzu didn't get in behind Derby a lot more yesterday. But, certainly with the start that he's made so far for Middlesbrough this season, but he was quite ineffective, to be honest. Um, it's quite funny. I was watching the, um, the Fulham game. Of, well, when, we, when I went to Coventry, I watched the Fulham um, Borough game. I don't think I've ever seen a more Neil Warnock player than in Fianzi. Mm. Oh, <laughs> like, If you can say, like, like Siri, give me or a dictionary definition, I want a Neil Warnock footballer, it would be him. He's like Wayne Allison from back in the day in T when they had him at yeah. Sheffield United and that type of player. Yeah, he, um, he is... Go on, Jason, carry on. No, it's good. He, he is. He, I mean, he, hey, I'd take him at Derby at this moment in time. I, I was fully expecting him um, to have a lot a lot more of an effect on the game. And, and to be fair, when you look at Middlesbrough's midfield, a damn sight more experienced than Derby's. Mm. Um, that's, that is where the kids are playing at the moment in the midfield. Energy, yes. Experience and that yeah. little bit of know-how. Sometimes, yeah, not, not quite there. Um, but it's what we've got. It's, it's what we'll have to go with. It's certainly, um, you look at the team sheet yesterday, I'd be shocked if it's not the same 11 on Saturday. We, we play Sheffield United in the Cup on Tuesday away. That'll be the under-18s, no doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, barring injuries, it'll be the exact same squad that Derby churn out for the majority, for the majority of the Championship games, certainly up until this international break, in case we can bring anybody in after. I was just looking at your team yesterday, um Jason, um, I did manage to see the you guys against Salford. Um, was quite impressed with Eberselli. Is he? Would he be injured for our game? Yeah, yeah, mm. he's, he's, done, he's done something to his knee. Because um, yeah, we're struggling for a left back, obviously with him playing right back. We, we've had guy Tampong at left back, who's been pretty disastrous, really. I just thought that. Might, oh, I know you've got Burn at right back. That might be a side where you might try and target against I, us. I, I, yeah. Our, to be fair, our, down the right is for the last yesterday. Um, obviously, Lee Buchanan, a name that you'll know quite well um, if you <laughs> yeah. if you listen to the papers. Um, he's he's literally just come back from injury. It was his. He started against all uh, Wednesday night. Um, he didn't start yesterday, but I'm pretty certain he'll be he'll be starting for next Saturday. We when you've got four-yard rockers, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what colours are you going to be wearing? <laughs> we, we do like to play with both, you know, with uh, with wing backs, and it is an it is an attacking out ball. But because he has been out uh, for quite some time, down that right hand side is is definitely where where Derby have been targeted. Nathan Byrne, he, he is quick. Ebersaley, very quick, very direct for a winger. His end product's not fantastic, but the lad's 18, 19. He, he, that, his time will come. It, he's, mm. I mean, we all love it when when there's a new kid from the academy on the scene, but in normal walk of life, he'd be nowhere near that first team. He'd be nowhere near mm. it. He wouldn't be. No disrespect to him. He's got the, he has got quality. Um, but, you know, you'd be seeing him in two, three years' time, maybe. Um, not, you know, starting regular regular games in the championship. Um, yeah. in an ideal world but yeah unfortunately he'll be out uh, Captain Super Tom Lawrence um, <laughs> he'll be he'll be out as well I've they may as well give it me yeah. they may as well give me the captaincy they really had um, is he, uh, I hope he's not driving the bus and what his absence well yeah this is it um, but yeah no he'll be missing uh, obviously CKO is a, a long term one 
Um, so, as I say, it will be. Uh, Sam Baldock did pick up a, a, a knot yesterday, felt his hamstring, nice. brought him straight off. Um, yeah, so, you know, a, a poor striking line looks a little bit poorer. Um, there's no, there's been no way to say that he, he won't be available Saturday. So, I'd expect him to be, be in the team. Um, it's quite, but if um, not... Yes, we're gone. I was, if not, Derby go with uh, the 18-year-old, 19-year-old Jack Stratton up front. And uh, he, he can put himself about. Yeah. I just wanted so to I ask can... uh, Jason oh, uh, about like the rivalry between us now. Because we're, we're all, we're, we're, we've been both running circuses in the championship. <laughs> I feel like because we've been in it for so long together, we need to draw attention to ourselves. Like, like, the, like the middle child syndrome kind of thing. Um do you, think, do, you, do, you, do you think, like, because there's been so many changes in managers, players over the years, do you think the rivalries kind of died down a bit? Because I do, certainly. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can really name a Derby player that I really, like, hate and want to pick on. Maybe Louis Sibley, because he looks a bit like Will Hughes, but that's about it, because he's not really played a lot. And obviously, the last two fixtures, we didn't have no fans in. But I, I feel like the rivalries died a little bit. I think it needs a bit of a reigniting. I don't know how, so, how it's going to happen. Before you ask, Jason, there is a there will be a moment in time where something happens to Derby, and I will personally go after Louis Sibley. I have not forgotten his little laughing, crying emojis after um, <laughs> the Barcelona, and there will be ample time for that to come back. Anyway, please answer. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he's is a bit of a is a bit of a wind up merchant, Louis Sibley. He'll be playing on Saturday. I'm pretty certain about that. Um, yeah, I know where you're coming from, Adam. It it feels weird. I mean, obviously. When COVID hit, it was the game at Pride Park. So I've not been to a Derby Forest game at, at Pride Park for near, near on three, like three seasons or whatever it may well be now. So yeah, that feels it feels really, really weird. Obviously, they were most games, especially that one, was just bizarre uh, with no fans there. That just mm-hmm. just goes to show you what you know what football is all about, really. But yeah, it is. It's one of those. It's you know. Obviously, there will always be the rivalry between Derby and Forest. It's it's written in folklore. But I think you're right. The turnover at managers at both clubs, the turnover of players. I mean, by Christ, you've got enough of them. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you like you say, you're not over the last couple of years. It, it's not. It's not the same eleven. Well, I, I say this. I'll probably I'll probably prove I'll be proven wrong. But if you was to look at the last game that we played together and look at the two 11s and then see what the lineups will be on Saturday. They might be very, very different in in a very, very short space of time. Really, when you think about it, I mean, Derby will probably have a few in there. I must admit, but uh, it's normally, yeah, you, you'll have the same team three, three, four years, well, near enough, um, three, four years in a row, and it's it is one of them. I mean, I'm I'm sure on Saturday, you know, at five to well, twenty five past twelve or whatever it may well be. Um, on Saturday, I am going. By the way, I, I, I need to check what time it kicks off. But um, I don't want to turn twelve. I think I don't want to turn up at ten to three. It'll be all over. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, I'm sure the passion and everything will will get will will be there um, on at, at ten to three certainly. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It it is. I think some of it. I mean, let's face it. Look at the results between us both for the last two or three years. It's not. Draws. They've been boring. One they've one. been absolutely a lot of one or draws. Yes, mm. I mean, obviously, I know in the majority of those games, Derby have kind of got out of the stick a little bit, you know, towards the end of the games and stuff. So, from our point of view, it probably looks a little bit. Um, it feels a little bit better than may- maybe it does from yourself. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's hey this this game on Saturday. It's one of those. I mean, I don't like to talk about Derby losing at home, obviously to Forest. But I mean, if it happened, it, it can be it can be the it can be a kickstart it, it, for either for both. It's Derby have got to obviously pull the fingers out anyway. They they know that. I always say, you know, if you can't get yourself up for a derby game, then you shouldn't you shouldn't really be, you know, be in the game. Yeah. Um, so I expect the passion. I expect a certain level of commitment. I expect a certain level of fight. And actually, Derby have shown in the last four or five games a hell of a lot more than I thought they actually had as a group. I don't know if that's come from Wayne. Really, it's the only person that's kind of obviously changed in the last 18 months. So possibly, quite possibly. Um, it's nice to see. And, and, you know, Wayne Rooney played in some of the biggest derbies in the world. You'd expect him to drill that home. Um, Coming back from the game yesterday, uh, yesterday, obviously, um, where I live is right on the Derby, Derby Nottinghamshire border. So we've got a big mixture of everything. Best man at my wedding was a big Forest fan. Um, You know, so it's it's really 50-50 around my way and, we were obviously coming home off the bus yesterday, saw that you'd lost. And, you know, obviously the banter's there and everything. But I, I hope you turn up on Saturday. I, I really nice. I, I really do. I mean, don't get me we wrong. We do as well. Yeah. well I do, because I want you to go. Well, I know that's the big debate. I know yeah. that's the big debate. I know it is. But I, it's the, the games just recently between the, between the two sides, I've been a bit boring. And, and yeah. I, I want something. I, I do want something a bit more. Um, I mean, it, you tell me, lads. I mean, I've not really seen Forest. Is it a case of you know they go behind and the Reds drop because the chances of Derby scoring first on Saturday is probably quite minute. I'm not going to lie. It might be that a Forest goal early on kicks Derby up the arse. But so far, we've only gone behind in one game so far this season. We, we but you know we we managed to turn that one round. But it's for all everything that I've said so far on the podcast about you know the effort and the desire that Derby seem to be providing. The the, the the hard facts are Derby have not been tested yet. I, I don't know what will happen if Forrest mm. score within three, four minutes. It will turn the whole complexion of Pride Park upside down. And yep. yeah. Well, if, if Forrest score in the first three or four minutes, I mean, you use the word boring there. All of our games are boring anyway. Um, we'll be sitting back for eight to seven. Yeah, if we, if <laughs> yeah. that's the worst case scenario for us. If we score first in any game, it just it, from a Forrest supporter perspective, it'll just crucify it because all we'll do is sit back and play for the 1-0. Um, yeah. And then inevitably we'll concede in the anything from 86th minute to, through to 104th. How it usually hey, hey, we've we've conceded one in 110 so far, so yeah, we don't, don't worry about that. But... We, we we know how to put, we know how to we know how to throw a game away. <laughs> yeah, it, it, do, it, it would it would worry me if um, we was touching on this earlier before you came on, Jason. Um, Coventry and Stoke games especially when we've been away the crowd's ramped up from their fans and it's like we rolled over mm. and that, that that would really worry me is if Derby I'm not sure what the attendance is going to be on Saturday I don't know if it's sold out or not No, I haven't got um, a clue I haven't got a clue um, I mean we, we only had 17-18,000 there yesterday mm. um, I, I do feel if you got behind them you, obviously your side gets a spring in the step I could I could see Forest rolling over very easily, but we've got a week. I, we we don't, we don't know if Hewton might not be in charge Saturday. This is it. We yeah, we, don't, we don't we don't we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, what I can see happening is um, I can see 
mean, we'll come on to predictions very shortly, but I can, I can honestly see Derby getting stung with a six point penalty because, or 12 point, or they say six point because whatever, and still being above Forest because they'll find a way to beat us or draw with us and that'll be the worst thing in the world. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I've just got, I think, like Adam sort of touched upon, the, the sense of apathy around the fans at the minute because of the football we're getting from Hewton. I just, I don't think it's sort of like obviously we sort of semi sort of like joke about the fact it's been like 1400 days since we last lost to Derby but I do wonder if there's an element of Forest fans and I'll ask that to you three as well who would sort of say okay I wouldn't mind sacrificing that if it meant we got a change Um, No I don't think I would I think um, I I never I wouldn't if if, if it wasn't Derby this this weekend I would probably say that yeah as bad Mm. as it sounds but I think with the Derby game it's never I mean, it's been, I think it's nearly four years, isn't it, since they last beat us. So it would be nice to keep that going, especially when we've lost the first four. It's bragging um, rights, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I think, I think for me, you'd have to look at it as a bigger picture anyway. If we were to win on Saturday, we'd have three points from the first five games. Would you say that's a good enough return? They could still justify oh. that. Pulling the, yeah, that's very pulling true, actually. That's very true. So I think for me, I'd rather win um, and him still go if that was a, a possibility I don't think I'd ever choose the, the option of losing if it meant him going for a derby game because it's just it'd be nice to win as well when it's the first game first derby game with, with fans back in as well I yeah I totally totally agree with I totally agree with Lee totally agree I mean the perfect analogy probably to use is I'm sure be for obviously us for not Jason is our best forest memory which was under Pierce, who was massively struggling and he went to Derby, got that result, and two games later, he was out of a job. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And that's in hindsight, in hindsight, maybe if he wasn't a Forest legend and, and fans gave him a bit more time, there would have been a lot more cause for him to be out before that Derby game, mm. and then that that result might have never happened. Mm. So, no, it's he, not for me. It's a managerial uh, graveyard, isn't it? This fixture <laughs> for, for both. Yeah, for they both. change. Like it's very rare they say the same like both times round. The war for not has been like at least one team will change their manager um, before we play each other. It's like oh, is someone else new again? Oh, is someone else new again? It's like it's like, a con- <laughs> like, it's, like it's a constant cycle, isn't it? It's like a revolving door. Um, I guess okay. So uh, let's get your score guesses in. Um, I'll start. I reckon it'll be. I can't give two, but I've got a feeling Derby win it one nil. I've just got. I just think. I just don't see how. I mean, I think I can see Derby score. Like like you said, Reese, the crowd will get behind them. We'll will fold. We'll crumble, and they'll score. It'll be someone. It'll probably be Buchanan because of the irony of that, or it'll be someone completely. <laughs> that would sum it up, won't it? Really? Yeah. Or um, or Ravel Morrison or something like that. And Ravel Morrison won't do anything again for the rest of the season. <laughs> and it'll be, but that'll be his moment in, in the lights, and that'll be it. Forest lose one nil, no points in the first five games, and then Derby get a six point deduction and still finish, but still be above us on the table. That's my prediction. Bit grim, bit grim, but <laughs> like, like I said, obviously we've got. Um, I need to stop saying obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we've got um, obviously a week before. I'm saying it again. <laughs> we've got a week, got a week before are. the game. <laughs> obviously, yeah. you are. We've got a week before the game, so we know he might, Hewton might not be in charge. At the minute, I, I'm edging towards agreeing with you, Christian. A 1 0 to Derby or a 0 0. I can't see yeah. there being many goals. Jason saying earlier, Derby don't score many goals. We're allergic to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see it being very tight. 
yeah, so very scrappy. I'm gonna, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence and I'm not going to predict a derby when I'm going to go nil nil. All right, cool. Uh, Adam, um, the circus is well and truly in town at Pride Park for the two clubs. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. It. I think it'll be a maybe. It could be a. I want to. I want to predict like a bit of a slobber knocker sort of thing. I think it'll be like three two to to. It could go either way. But I think it'll be a bit of a barnstormer. Because both teams are just so fucking sh- like shit, and I don't know every all the chaos is going on. I just feel like it might be chaos on the pitch. Hopefully, I'd rather see like a game like that uh, than than what we've seen in the past so many years. Like Jason said, it's been boring. So fans haven't really got up for it in the last few years. I just mm-hmm. want something to happen. I just want. I wouldn't even mind if we lost three two and Louis Sibley grabbed the flag just for like like Tyson did. I just want to create a rivalry again because it's just <laughs> it's terrible. Like they were the good times. Robbie Savage and Jake Buxton, where you could just really hate them. <laughs> he mocked it as well. I you just had so many, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Billy, yeah. Nathan, Nathan Tyson. We, we, we had them yeah. that we hated, that, that, that Derby hated. So I, I, you just need to create them characters again. Oh, we've lost a lot of that in the championship, I feel. No, that's, that's not a bad point. Um, what about you, Lee? How would you... What are you um, I think we'll get thrashed by Wolves. You and we'll go. And oh, okay. Gary, Gary Brazil will produce... <laughs> Best masterclass <laughs> ever seen by a caretaker manager, and Forest will win one nil with yeah, a, so. a last minute Louis Sibley own goal. <laughs> uh, the crying, the crying emotions will be out that day. I tell you now. Um, what about, so obviously, Jason, you might, I don't, know, you might be a bit surprised with so despondent largely. But what, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I've so far predicted Derby to lose every game. Um, <laughs> you're going to carry that, that on. That's not happened. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. So it, it's about time I changed my tune. No, I mean, listen, it's who knows? It, it, it's as Adam's just put it there. It's it's a bit of a circus going on at both clubs at the minute. And then you chuck a derby into the mix, first one back with fans. Um, the fans will be involved. There's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the attendances at derby, personally, I've been disgusted with them. Don't get me wrong. You know you're against them. You're against a board. You're against you're against all that. I, I don't. I honestly don't give two shits about that. I go and watch Derby County, the eleven that are on the pitch, win, lose, or draw. So, the, the fact that we've only been getting sixteen thousand is an absolute. It is absolute joke, in my opinion. Um, I, do I must kind I, of I, get it. I will say, especially interrupt you. Do sort of. I mean, we sort of had similar to the Fawaz era. Like, I mean, I got to the point where I wasn't. I wasn't putting my money into Fawaz's pocket. I openly said, I'm not going back to he's gone. The only time I changed that was the Ipswich game in the last day of the season, where we were sort of like, okay, we need the fans here because we could mm. actually go down but um i do it's weird i sort of see your point because you should be like you know it's derby county football club not mel morris fc but equally yeah it's, it, to be honest with you so far from what i've noticed um you're don't i don't like to be disrespectful to my own fan base but the regulars are there it, it's it the is the court. ones yeah it's the ones that pick and choose their games they had five, six, seven thousand, obviously, on onto a, onto an attendance. Um, it's them. You would fully expect it would. It should be sold out on Saturday. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I'll be. I'll be absolutely disappointed it, to use a to use a mild word. If, if especially it's not, after COVID as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Something to look forward to again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but in terms in terms of the um, in terms, of, I mean, yeah. It, Derby don't particularly score. Um, we've kind top. of, yeah. Well, <laughs> we've actually played a little bit better in defence than I was expecting. 
that experience as, you know, Jagiel, because I think he's been in a shout in both games for man of the match. So kind of tells you, tells you where Derby have got a bit of, uh, mm. got a bit of luck in bringing him in. Um, I'm just hoping that the fact that there's a couple of youngsters in it, you know, uh, involved, for, certainly from Derby's point of view, that you know they've come through the academy and the passion's there. But Adam, you know, like you've all said, all these the, the swaps of the players and things like that, you know, signing 25 players from France or wherever you got most of them from last year, they haven't got a clue. Derby and Forest are. They're not interested. It, it, it does. It does need. It does need reigniting. Um, I certainly, and Derby've got two clean sheets. I, I can never predict Derby to keep a clean sheet, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to again. Um, but I don't. I don't see either team winning it. So I'll go. Um, I'll go two two. Oh, nice! We'll take, take two goals. Hey, we, we've, 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 we've kept two, we've kept two clean sheets. That's probably one more than we managed last season. So oh, we're do we're do we're due to concede. Can we All just right, take the two um, two and get on the international break now? I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that myself right now. Um, obviously, you've only got a few minutes left, so just to wrap it up very quickly, I thought it'd be quite fun. Now, obviously, we've got both sides of the camp here. Your best and worst memories against Derby, or in your case, Jason uh, against Forest. So I'll start. My best memory against Derby would be that misty night under the under the lights where we won five two and subsequently made it a whole year. <laughs> to say these words now it sounds so bizarre given how bad we are now. A whole year unbeaten at home in the league in uh, that's just staggering. Um, I would say the worst memory is actually it is the one it's the first COVID game at Pride Park where Warrell decided to commit ABH on the halfway line, even though the ball was walked going back to Samba. You just had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, it's honestly, like, I've never, I don't think I've ever forgiven for it. I seriously mean that. Um, I've, and yeah, I think just, just for that basically kickstarted what came next. And so that's my worst memory. So I hate to blame the sheep. Um, Lee, let's go for you next. Um, I've thought about this all week, to be honest, ready for this question. So my best one is actually a game we didn't even win. And I've gone for the Lee Camp penalty save at Pride Park. The Stuart Atwell um, game. Not even the penalty save, actually. The penalty save was great. Obviously, it's in injury time. It was the fact that when the corner came in afterwards, he made the save flying over to his left, tipped it around the post. And I think he just completely forgot all his ties with Derby after a grand total of 90 minutes in a forest shirt. And decided to start whacking the badge on his chest. Um, so that's that's my that's my absolute best memory. Um, the worst is I can't really use anything other than the um, five nil drubbing. Sadly, yeah, um, bad, it? I, no, it's got to be that one. The fact that Billy Davies didn't even come and clap us um, that was a sackable offence in its uh, in itself for me. So happy days he went soon after. What about you, Reese? Just going back to Lee's worst first. It's actually getting this. Just going back to Lee's first. That was probably the peak Colin Frey commentary when Camp made that save at Derby. Just to put that out there. Um, my my worst. Oh God, there's been so many. Um, oh, it's a tough one. There, I'd have to agree with Lee that the the, the five nil. You just and that is since we've come back to the championship. I've only missed not being at three Derby games and that was one so I went into my local town which is same to Jason's right on the Derbyshire not English border in Ilkeston so it's very split so I went to a pub where it was a split of fans and I absolutely hated every minute and I've, I'll never ever watch a Forest Derby game in, in Ilkeston ever again yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the best memory 
is the Osborne 2 1 with our dart. Um, before going to watch England Germany this summer, if I could relive one game, it probably be, probably would be that one. So I'm going to go that one for me. Nice one. What about you, Adam? Uh, I think worst is uh, losing 1 0 with 10 men. Jake Buxton has scored, I think. I think that was the short, was it the Sean Barker injury? Um, yes, well, seventh yeah. minute he scored, didn't he? I mean, that's yeah. criminal. Um, I think my best is um, going to be the first one I went to. Um, it was a 3 2 Nathan Tyson corner flag, flag incident, but uh, Raddy Mayafsky's goal, goal in the first minute was yeah. unreal. Um, Staggering, yeah. Um, to that one. And Absolutely with, with like, my family coming from Poland, sort of thing, it kind of a, bit of a sense of pride there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, decent. Um, Jason. Last but no least, least, and from the, other, from the other side, best and worst. Um, I've got a couple for best actually. I'll come back to that in a minute. I'm gonna to have to have a think about that one for 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> worst, I, I I would probably have to go with the with the Ben or the two one with Ben Osborne scoring at the end as well because. I mean, obviously, you, you've beat us 5-2, but it's always been at the city ground. Derby haven't got a great record at the city ground. So to lose at home, I mean, there's that, and then there's an absolute stinker. Maybe some of you might not be able to remember it. Um, uh, David Johnson scored um, for Forest uh, in a 1-0 victory at, at Pride Park. That was an absolute arsehole of a game. Derby played like a bunch of amateurs. Uh, it was one of the worst games of football, actually, I think I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, so it, it, the Ben Osborne won just because, of, yeah, just a little bit more recent. I remember it a lot more. Um, I think Derby doing well done as well. It's sort of like a bit of a dense uh, playoff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and go on, Reece. I think that sent you on a bit of a downward spiral in that mm. result as well. Yeah, it, it's, it is true, though, because Derby, they were riding pretty, pretty high. And, and for for similar reason, I'm not choosing the five nil because as, as the best because it was five nil. But Derby were in a rough, rough patch of form. To say that they were top at Christmas, they were sinking uh, quite a bit. They were, they were. I mean, they were a few points ahead, so they're still in the playoffs. But they was in no form whatsoever, um, and that reignited Derby again to to hold on to that placed in the playoffs I think personally we went on a pretty decent run after that I mean don't get me wrong the game was was brilliant from a Derby's perspective but again I, I'm, I'm one of there's that and then obviously the the two one ten men was was just as good in my opinion but that's more so because Forrest on that 5-0 day Forrest just were awful mm. it, it, it's great mm. if you're on the right end of that result but actually in terms of a derby that's why like what Adam was saying in fact what a couple of you said and that's why I went 2-2 with a score prediction I want to see a proper derby game of football that's what I want to see and I think the 2-1-1 with everything that went off in the game I mean I missed the first goal I missed Forrest's goal I missed Bywater sending off I got I fucking didn't, couldn't get into my seat and then when Hendricks uh, when Jamie Ward scored I was down having a piss and then the Endrick one, I, I ended up the opposite side of the stand. I was there for that bit. That, that was great. But very, very close for me, those. But obviously the 5-0, just because of the scoreline, does squeak it. Well, let's hope it is a game to remember anyway. And many thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. No worries time, at Jason. all, mate. Yeah, thank you, um, Jason. No worries at all. Yeah, well, hopefully, we'll, hopefully next pod will be a bit more positive. Uh, thank you again for listening. This is the rest of the Trent. Take care. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.